Father, awaken our hearts and souls to the work of the cross, to walk according to the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross of Calvary. Ignite a flame in us to remind us of our freedom by that cross and come into the knowledge of that truth which set us free. In Jesus' name, we hunger and thirst, Lord, for your righteousness, not for power, not for money, prestige, recognition, or acknowledgement. When we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, Lord, all other things we desire that lines up with your will shall be added unto us. Thank you for your grace and daily new mercies that is keeping us until the eye of our hearts open to kingdom truth, to kingdom truth with your word and will have us turn from our natural wicked evil ways according to Luke 11:13. We believe but help our unbelief. Open us up this day, Father. Do surgery and a blood transfusion. Father, I thank you for revealing to me the things you would have us to know. So when I speak, Master, will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, uh, today's title is called Miracle Prayers. Do you need a miracle? Yes. Are you expecting a miracle? Yes. Amen. Well, I'm certainly expecting one. And I pray that when we climax this service, we're going out like Renee say with a bang. Amen. Okay? All right. Praise the Lord. Help me, Holy Ghost. There's so much stuff, and I didn't know how to put it together. <laughs> that the Lord has put into my spirit and try to give it all at one time. You know, we have been, I have been dealing with up until um, Resurrection Sabbath, dealing with um, prayer mm -hmm. and the different types of prayer and whatever. So I, I'm, I'm led to talk about the Holy Spirit and his part that he plays in our lives uh, concerning prayer yeah. because we do know that he is our intercessor. Yes. Amen. Yes. And so... I'm, I'm going to try get this information out, but dealing with the Holy Spirit is such a deep subject that I don't know if I can get everything across that my heart's desiring to cross this day. Amen? So, Lord, help me put this thing together. Okay, the scriptures that I'm going to use to support the title is Romans 8, 24 through 32. But we need to talk about some of the names of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. His, some of his names is, one is that he is a comforter. Now you can write these scriptures down because I'm not going to go through these scriptures and you can look them up uh, when you get home. The scriptures that support that he is a comforter comes from John 14, verses 16 through 17. As our intercessor, Romans 8, 27 to 28, which is what we're going to deal with today. He is our standby, 
Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. He's our helper. Eight, Romans 8, 26. He's our teacher. John 14, 26. Our advocate. 1 John 2, 1. Our counselor. Colossians 3, 15. Our strengthener. James 4, 5 through 8. The spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19, 10. Now, all of these names define the work of the Holy Spirit, which means we have everything we need in Christ Jesus. We just need to learn how to employ it and also to recognize when he is working and you don't know he's working. But I wanted to talk about this because we need to truly understand how important it is to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We tend to put our focus only in one area, and that is the speaking of the tongues. That is just one of the manifestations of his existing inside of us. But he also comes upon us to do a service. So when there's things that we need to do for the kingdom, he will come upon us to equip us to do that. You are not doing this in your own ability through your flesh. It has to be done through the spirit of the living God. Amen. Now, um, okay, God, I think I'm hearing you. Before I get right into the, into the, uh, the message, I, I want to talk a, a little bit more about the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the, and the works of the Spirit because uh, we need to bring a clarity and we have to learn. You just can't take one verse and go with that because remember we learned from last week that God's word is line upon line, precept upon precept, okay? It all balances out. It's not just one word that sticks out and that's it and it's different. No, because actually what was said in the Old Testament has been manifested in the New Testament. Okay, so um, I'm going to go to um, 1 Corinthians 14 first and then we're going to get into, uh, into the theme of the message. And this is for understanding knowledge, wisdom, and maybe in some cases, correction. And the reason why I'm going this way, because my, my husband brought this up this week, and his thought was, or his understanding, I should say, based on uh, teaching in the past, was that um, uh, speaking in tongues was, was not appropriate in the church because people couldn't understand what you're saying. And, and so that kind of teaching will make believers think, well, that's not a gift that I'm supposed to have, and that's not really of the Lord. Are y'all with me? Because I know from, from the old teaching, you didn't have proper understanding. So okay, 1 Corinthians 14, help me Holy Ghost, help me Holy Ghost, thank you Jesus so we can get, a, get an understanding. And this is Paul saying, 
beginning with um, verse 1, and I may skip over a few verses. Follow after charity, and that means love. Desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. He says, I want you to desire spiritual gifts, but I really want you to be able to prophesy. And prophesy really means in here to speak the word of God. To speak the word of God with such understanding that people will get the mystery of what God wants them to know out of the word because that is your saving grace. You understand? I'm not talking about when somebody gets up and try to read your mail. Prophecy is speaking out the word of God. Okay? He says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. So when you're praying in the spirit, you're not speaking to men, you're speaking to the Father. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Because when you're speaking in your spirit language, that's the Holy Ghost speaking through you. And it's a language that you don't understand until he brings the interpretation and the understanding unto you. So you, I wouldn't get up here and preach a message in tongues that you can't understand. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men do edification and exhortation and comfort. And so edification means when you speak or prophesy on behalf of the Lord, you're building up one's faith. See, we're so accustomed to prophecy where somebody is going to tell you something that uh, is going to help you to feel good. You know, like you're going to get a new something, a new person, a better job, and all of that, okay? Edification is for the building up of your faith. Now, when you are told those kinds of messages, it doesn't build your faith. It pleases your flesh and your emotions, okay? So you need to understand what edifying means. It's to build up one's faith. And your faith can only be built up with the word of God. Exhortation means encouraging others to commendable conduct, which means then you will not just be encouraged about how you're doing so well, but you're going to be corrected, informed about how to do better, which means correction is going to come sometimes. And when that correction comes, that's to take you to higher places to become a better person. The comfort is to relieve distress and to console. Just like what the ladies are doing when they go and visit Pat, but they don't go to visit her, they go to be a help to her. So they're doing things to bring her comfort. And because they're Holy Ghost Spirit feel uh, born again believers, the comfort that they take to her comes out of the word of God along with her uh, grandson who's always speaking words of encouragement that will keep her heart and her mind focused on Christ to give her the peace that she needs. Amen. Amen. He says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesy edify the church. So when we're praying in tongues, it's to edify us. It lifts you up, it encourages you, and what you're speaking in, in the spirit language, God will manifest it in English. Yes, yes. But when you prophesy, when you're giving forth God's word, it edifies the church. I would that you all spake with tongues. Now, so if that was not for us, why would Paul tell us that he would that we will all speak in tongues? 
but rather that you prophesy, speak the word of God. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaketh with tongues, except it's interpreted that the church may receive edify. So he's not saying that that gift is better and the other one doesn't exist. He's just saying for the purposes of your edification, exhortation, and comfort, it is better that you prophesy than to speak in tongues. Are y'all with me? He says, now, brother, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And even these things without life give it sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction and the sound. How shall it be known what is piped or harp? So in order for you to know what God is speaking, it has to be a distinct understanding from what you're hearing in order to receive, to put it in operation so that you become a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. He is not ruling out the gift of tongues. He's just telling you how to put it in its proper perspective and how to do it. If you are in a church that everybody is speaking in tongues and you begin to pray and praise in tongues, you don't have to have an interpreter. But if you're in church where everybody speaks in tongues and you give a prophecy, somebody or you need to be able to interpret the message that has just gone forth. That's the whole intent of this chapter, for us to understand how, how it operates so everything with Christ is done in decency and in order, okay? And so I'm, I'm going to skip some of this because Paul talks about how he, he, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So he could not be telling us not to speak in tongues. Okay, so he says, let's go to 13. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an un unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Okay, praise the Lord. So he says, when you're praying in an unknown tongue, your spirit is being fruitful. It's getting an understanding. So he says, what is it then? I will pray with my spirit. I will pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit and I will sing with my understanding. So you don't eliminate it, you do it all, okay? So he, um, let me see, what else do I wanna read out of here because I don't wanna go through all of this. So we, we, we understand that the, the prayer language is for personal reasons. So you wouldn't go to another denominational church and because you have that gift, get up and flaunt that gift. Amen. That's out of order. And then be upset because they're having a problem with you. Right. Amen. <laughs> right. 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 Amen. Amen. You do things according to how God tells us to do it, okay? And even in this church that we believe in it, you don't get up and speak out loud. And the Lord said, right. and we don't have a clue about what you said unless you're able to interpret that afterwards or somebody in the congregation can stand up and interpret what you've said. Amen. You can pray in your language as long as it doesn't overpower the sound in the building where no one, where no one can hear anything else but that. Are y'all with me? Yeah. 
Okay, y'all understand that? Yes. We don't have to go any further with that, right? No. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, now let's get to the meat of the message. <laughs> go to Romans 8, which is the, the scripture that uh, I think Audrey's already referenced, and I think Renee did too. Romans 8, and we're going to begin with verse 24. Hallelujah, Jesus. And it says that, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doeth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Okay? <laughs> and he that searches the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Amen. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. And whom he called, then he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, that verse right there should take some of you saints out of the spirit and the mindset of always working for gratification and for praise. And thinking that when you do things in for the Lord in the spirit realm, that you got to have certain things in hand to do it when God will call you on the spur of the moment to do something for him in the spirit. He wants you to know you're not doing it. I'm doing it through you. I'm asking you to be prepared and ready to go and to be open to receive because it is not about you. It's about me, the message that you're talking, the prayer that you're praying. It's about me. It's not about you. So decrease so that I can increase. Amen. He says, verse 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who dare to come against you? Amen. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he be not with him so also freely give all things? Amen. The greater part of our salvation is the future. That is what Paul is talking about when he begins in verse 24. The greater part of our salvation is the future. You see, hope without faith, there's no faith. Amen. Faith without hope, there's no faith. If you can't even desire it 
or hope for it, how do you have faith to stand for it? Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can't hope for something that you speak against. If you are believing God for something, you cannot rehearse the issue and expect the answer. Okay? You can't say, I don't have no life in me, but you had breath to speak it out. You were walking around. You can't say that and then expect to have life. Because what you just spoke is speaking to Satan and is telling him, do what you do best. Take my life. No. If you're going to say things like that, which is the lamenting, say it to God and God alone, but then come back with a buffer. But, but, in you, Lord, the joy of my salvation is my strength. In you, Lord, you have not given me the spirit of fear, but you've given me the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Power! I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because when you speak what he says, he has to work it in you. But when you speak what Satan wants to put in your heart, he's working that in you. Amen. So the greater part of our salvation is the future. You can't get to the future when you're claiming damnation and destruction to your being. Amen. The Lord allow us to lament to him. Why? Because he's the only one that can fix and change, rearrange what's going on. Amen. So you don't put it out there in the air for the prince of the air to take it and do whatever he wants to do with it. Amen. Okay. So in, in, uh, in um, verse 25, when he talks about, but if we have hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? When we wait patiently for the answer, it is because we have the certainty of faith that it is coming. (laughs) See, you can't say you have faith, and Lord, if it be thy will, all that religious rhetoric. No, I read your will. I saw the verse. I'm declaring it and I'm decreeing it until my eyes see it. So you have to keep saying it till your eyes see it. You know, we have been done a disjustice growing up without some understanding about what God's word has to say. And so what has happened, there's a wrong kind of faith that's been built inside of us, and that's what we practice. And God wants us to understand what our salvation is truly all about per this word, not per denominations. So if I have faith about something, I've been given a prognosis. <laughs> Glory. Yeah. By a person who studied 
medicine. And he gets to practice it on me. He gets to practice what he studied on me based on what I tell him and the symptoms that he sees. And then based on that understanding, he gives me a diagnosis and then a prescription cover it up. But I know a physician gave me a prescription uh, before I got the prognosis and he will deliver the diagnosis as long as I keep my eyes on him and declare it. I don't care what they said, God. This is what you say. Now you tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can change it and allow your word to manifest in the situation. Lord, you help me. You give me the grace. You give me the courage. You give me the strength to keep saying and keeping my mind focused on what you said about the situation. Not what Dr. So-and-so said. Not what the psychiatrist said. Glory, not what the attorney said, but what you said. Because I'm going to stand, therefore I'm going to stand. Till my eyes see the end. Till my ears hear from everybody else. Because you're going to wow the doctor. You're going to wow the doctor. I will not focus on those things that's going to bring destruction to me. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I don't care what the situation is. That's how we got to stand. Even in your relationships. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If we don't do that, we have laid down, given up. Do you understand that? We have laid down and given up. We don't have to. We serve a master that's higher. Higher than the wisdom of this world. We serve a master who major in impossibilities. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we have lost hope because the things we want to see change and become better doesn't happen immediately. Okay? All right. What we forget is that the yokes, the bondages and strongholds didn't happen immediately. It has been a lifetime of attaching. All right? But there should be a comfort of knowing that you are in the hands of the man that calms the waters. Raise the dead. Sight to the blind. May the lame to walk. Cured leprosy. Change the hearts of kings. Cause a fish that some people call a whale to spit out a man who was still very alive and well. Who walked through the furnace of fire with the three Hebrew boys and they never smelled like smoke coming out. 
who allowed and led a small army of Israelites to fight a battle with an enemy of thousands to win the battle and cause their enemy to turn on themselves and to be destroyed. The man who had the enemy of the Jews, the king, to take a Jewish baby into the palace and unknowingly to them had the baby's natural mother to raise him up to become a leader uh, and a warrior for the Jews that led them from captivity. The same man fertilized, fertilized a dead womb of an aged woman who miraculously delivered a forerunner of the coming of the Messiah. He chose a teenage virgin who the Holy Spirit supernaturally impregnated her with the savior of the world who happens to be her savior as well. And you can't wait patiently and prayerfully for God to answer your prayers, especially prayers that line up with his word, prayers motivated and provoked by the Holy Spirit. Fret not yourself and for induce you shall reap if you faint. God's miracles give us the hope of faith to see and victory. Amen. Our greatest battle is our minds. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, submit to God. Resist the devil. For the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. Stop giving in to the captives of the enemy. Reveals negativity, negative energy, and produces unfruitful results or battles that is yet still damaging your thoughts. Stop yoking up with misery, (laughs) rehearsing past pains, past injuries, past wounds, disappointments, love failures. Stop yoking up with the pain, misery of the past. I said, I am, not I was, I am, not I am to come, I am, focus on the now, he's got the future taken care of, he said, I know the plans, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts to be of a future, thoughts of a hope. I didn't bring you in here to be a demise to my kingdom, but to bring glory to me. You can't bring glory to me when you got your mind fasted on the paths of pain, evil, wicked, overcoming, burdens. Get your mind on me right now so that I can take you to the future that I have for your life. You don't even know what your future is all about. You have no clue, for eyes have not seen, ears have not heard all that the Spirit of the Lord has prepared for you. Wake up! Stand up! Stop! Oh, okay, Father. Let me give you some key words here. Help me, Holy Ghost. (laughs) Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. 
I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm, this is for me. Amen. If y'all don't get it, I'm sorry. Hallelujah, Jesus. David says in, in Psalms 37, trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land, and verily shall thou be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him that prosper in his way, in his way, not God's way, okay? Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. So what is God saying? Trust, delight, commit, rest, and cease. Okay, I got to say that again. Y'all got to get this one. Trust. Delight. See, what you're trusting and you delight in. What are you delighting in right now? Glory. Okay. When you delight in it, now you are committed. Commit. Glory. Once you have committed, rest. Sit back and rest. Amen. And if you're resting, you're ceasing from works. Cease. You're ceasing from works. Ah, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. God says, labor. If you're going to labor, labor to enter into my rest. Not to do stuff that's going to harm you, will not prosper. Oh, you may be feeling good for the moment from the works that you've done. But long term, no, baby. You set yourself up. For failure. Amen. You set yourself up for failure. Now, I looked up the word yoke. Remember I said, stop yoking yourself up with this misery and stuff. Yoke yourself up with God. Yoke up with God. Webster's definition of yoke says, it's a wooden bar or frame which two draft animals, oxen, are joined at the heads or neck. (laughs) <laughs> working together. Oh, God, y'all need to visualize this because you got some yokes right now. Visualize. You got two oxen, two animals, their heads all yoked up. They're stubborn as you know what. Ah, <laughs> oh, they ain't going nowhere. See, you don't yoke up with people because they agree with your misery. Amen. You yoke up with the person who sees you the way God sees you. Who's going to pull you out of your misery. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Okay. This is Webster's Dictionary. Let me give you another one of his, his, his definitions. An oppressive agency. Because see, let me tell you, sin is oppressive. And so when you yoke up with people outside of your faith and your belief that is encouraging you to go in the wrong direction, that's oppressive. Okay? Because it's keeping you from getting to your purpose. 
God says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of hope and a future. You don't have a future. You don't have a future with man's plan for your life. When we go that route, you don't have a future. You have some opportunities, some occasions, and a little time. But a future is never ending with God. It starts on this side of heaven, and it continues on the other side of heaven. It never stops. So don't go for the feel-good moment right now. The concordance says, it's a Greek meaning for uh, yoke in the concordance. It says, to join, coupling, servitude, pair of balances. That's what happens when you yoke up with God. When you yoke up with God, that means you're in agreement with his will for your life. And because you're in agreement with his will and you says, God, I'm sticking here with you. You lead me. You guide me. You allow him to do the work. But when we don't, it's, it's, it's like, come here for a second. Okay, stand over this way. Okay. You, when you don't yoke up, with you know, with the Lord, you, you see when you yoke up, we're all we're, you know, we're close. Mm-hmm. We're like this. We're, we're yoked. We're mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But when you don't work, work, yoke up with the Lord, you're at distance, and your hand is out there saying, "Not now, God. I'm not ready." Mm-hmm. A little bit later, God, God, just give me a chance to do this, do that. Not now. Okay. You may not say those exact words. Some of us do. But that's what your non-action is. And so stand still. So God stands still. He can't move. He's got this to the angels, this to the Holy Spirit. And the devil is all on your back. The moment that you said, I surrender all to you, Lord. Glory. And the Lord says, get back. She's mine now. Amen. 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 So we want to yoke up with the master. Because he says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. In other words, learn from me. That's what he's saying. For I am meek, gentle, and humble. And lowly in spirit. You see, you don't want to yoke up with a tyrant, a liar, a counterfeiter, a selfish person. You don't want to yoke up with them. You want to yoke up with someone who is meek, humble, gentle, lowly in spirit. He says, and when you do, you shall find rest unto your soul. You see... Our soul is what's doing the suffering. The decisions that you make with your mind that convinces your heart to tell your body to do what it does to feel good causes your soul to suffer and suffer leanness. But when you forfeit this and this and give this to the Lord, Oh, you have great reward. Your soul gets delivered. Your soul gets free. Because when you forsake it 
and deal with the heart to the Lord. Now you tell it that you are no longer in control. My heart is ruling right now. So you might as well just settle down. It has to die. It has to die. And your heart rises up greater in faith. So that's when you go from glory to glory, faith to faith. You have to talk to your soul because you've been talking to it all along with stuff that doesn't edify and nobody else and it's spoiled and pampered and so to get it in order you got to do some strong work and damage to it to let it know no I used to do that I used to think like that but not anymore I've given my way my will over to the Lord and now he's leading and guiding me I don't care how much it hurts I don't care how much I miss so-and-so. It's over. That's what you have to do is talk to yourself. Stop waiting till you feel something. Feelings are fickle. They change like the weather. You make a commitment with your heart and speak it out of your mouth. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You don't overcome with a thought of maybe if. See, we all need to feel like we belong to someone, yeah. not something, Amen. someone, okay? For the something is what Satan puts before us as a counterfeit. God in Genesis states that it's not good for man to be alone. When that need of belonging is missing from our lives, we begin to long for it, search for it, and speculate on the, on, on the wrong people and things. Because you're going to try to fill it up the best way you know how. But we need to know every human being has a need and a belonging and an emptiness. And only one person can fill all of our needs. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. We must find it in Jesus first. Because if you don't find it in Jesus first, you will not be able to find another right person successfully. Look for the person all you want. You're not going to get your needs met until you meet Jesus. Because when you meet Jesus and you're whole and healed, then you'll know what's right when it comes before you. Amen. Since God created us and did so in the image of God the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost. He knows what we need, who we need, and when and how we should get it. So employ the master. Employ his service and listen to his voice from the Bible. Because don't tell me about you ain't reading the Bible. You ain't spending no time in the prayer closet and you're not using your Bible. Don't tell me nothing about God told you. Because it, it, it is a God, but it isn't our Father who art in heaven. Amen. So read the Bible because God will speak to you through the Bible. I'm talking about personal experience. God speaks to you through his word. Okay. And when you read his Bible, you'll come out of the world seeking and looking for what only God can do for you. Talk to God. Tell him all about your troubles. Then ask him. To reveal to your inner self and what to do next. Don't like, oh, I got a word. So now, God, what would you have me to do? Okay. Do not depend on others to do what only God can do. 
for he is the author and finisher of your faith, who knows the beginning from the end, for he is and the creator of all who, which never, he never leaves us, nor will he forsake us. Satan didn't create you. So don't let the spirit of darkness come in and rule and guide you. He's not your creator. He doesn't know what you need. He only knows what pushes your buttons. And that's what he works on. The things that pushes your buttons, that's what he works on to so he can keep you in his clutches. Don't let the cares of this world deceive you and keep you focusing on lust, anger, pride, prejudice, selfishness, which was your behind the prison doors situation. And he keeps you, when you keep your focus on those things, he keeps you in prison. And when you're in prison, you are suffering, suffering physically, emotionally, yeah. mentally, yeah. and spiritually. Yeah. But the good news is, if you're in that prison, Jesus is standing at the door, knocking. He's standing at the door, knocking to come in, yes. and you need to open the door and let him come in so you can sup with him. Amen. Sup with him. Oh, I know you're eating and drinking good, but you've been doing it with a disguised God and false appearance who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. See, you're eating, and how I know you're eating? Your prof profession of words tells me what you're eating. Your demeanor tells me what you've been eating. You know what? Naturally, food and drink determines the healthiness of our body. Amen. And also will affect your stamina, your appearance. Amen. So when they say you are what you eat, yeah. and that's the truth. And so when you eat up Satan's lies, you are what you eat. Never put yourself above Satan's deceptions because you are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Humble yourself in thought, word, and deed to hear the whole truth, not a partial truth. So many people have fallen just going with a partial truth. Okay? Because you need to recognize, see, we got some long-ranger saints who had some experiences before they fell into the deception of Satan, and they think they, as they, the world say, they think they got the game and gone with it, and they're being deceived greatly, and they, and they, and they stand alone, and they pass judgment on everybody else. But God says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. And the multi multitude of counsel, there is safety. You cannot get through life as a Christian as a long ranger. Amen. Amen. And the only people that are, 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 are on your boat are those who agree to, to wholeheartedly with whatever you say. Okay? No, you got to have a multitude of counsel because there's safety. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven fourteen, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my office as an under-shepherd of, of this church, 
will not allow me to not have a teachable spirit. But know this, I would try the spirits with the spirit, the spirit of the Lord and his word. The devil does his greatest work in darkness. Why do you think that when you get here, you get sleepy? You can't keep your eyes open. Your mind is wondering. He wants you in the dark so that you don't hear the light. Jesus shows up to give the light and to glorify himself through us. And I don't care what kind of office you hold, spiritual office I'm talking about. I don't care what, how much you, you know. Satan can deceive us. Amen. And at the most, most important time of your life, you may be at the point of a breakthrough and don't know it and just have fallen asleep and missed the opportunity or sitting up here on your phone and, and thinking about what you're going to do when you leave or what you did yesterday. <laughs> so, since the devil does his greatest work in the dark, and dark includes night. Here, I said it includes night. We can be in the dark in the daytime. <laughs> Glory. But there is a thing of prayer watch. And so, because of that, did not know it at the time. This is why God instructed me over 10 years, and you probably know more the length of time ago, to start morning glory prayer. It's been well over 10 years. Maybe some of you all just heard about it, but it's been well over 10 years to start morning glory prayer. So morning glory prayer means we have to meet in the dark before the sun comes up. Now, we changed the time to help some of you to come out because we used to meet at 5 o'clock in the morning. Okay? But we changed it to six, and it's still dark. Praise the Lord, it's still dark. So we have about a good hour before the light started coming through to do damage to Satan's kingdom. Amen. Amen. So when we come together for morning glory prayer, then what we're doing, we, we are in a position, because when you get up, you see, in order to get here on time, depending on where you live, you got to get up at least by 4 o'clock. You know, to, to get clean up and, you know, and to drive to, to, you know, to the location. So you're in a humble state. You're in a humble state, and that's how, how you have to come to the Lord, humbly. And, when we, and we've been doing it for a while consistent, consistently with effectual prayers to intercede before the sun comes up, and it is winning the battle of the day. So what you've actually done, you have prophesied your day based on the prayers that was prayed. You have declared your day. (laughs) Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. And over your day, and, and, and I need to witness from your faithful intercessors that come, that day, if not any other day, is the most peaceful, most productive, most restful, 
day of the week. It's like it's a long day. You know, you think at a certain time, it's, a, it's late in the evening, it's still afternoon. I wore myself out yesterday because I went home just for a minute and left back out, and I was gone all day, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was worn out. I've been up since 4.15, wow. gone. But only God could keep me going. Amen. But the better news is, is that we are supernaturally destroying the plans of Satan for not just us, but the areas that we have interceded for. It is not how good you sound. It is not. Don't come here looking because we talk about it. Oh, I wonder what miracle is going to happen. Don't come here looking for no miracle when you come to prayer. Oh, it's going to happen. But don't put your mind on that. Amen. Put your mind on, God, what is it you want us to pray about? What do you want us to focus on? Because let me tell you what is, let me tell you the miracle that is happening while you're here, okay? God is, because you made a sacrifice, and you know, big deal, we sacrifice our time to get up to come see God when we're seeking him for us. Anyway, because of that sacrifice, because God is merciful, thank God we serve him and not me. Because he's merciful, so he see it as a sacrifice, and he honors that. And because it is a sacrifice, what he does, he builds up your stamina to stand in a battle. He builds up your stamina to stay when you don't see any end to the situation. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. He gives you staying power when you want to give up because your prayers wasn't answered the first two times, okay? He's building character in you. He's increasing your faith. He's giving you wisdom and revelation. So it's a greater work that he's doing in us than besides what he's doing in the prayer. Let me tell you, when you plant a seed, you don't get the seed back. You get a harvest. So when you plant the seed of coming to pray, God is going to give a harvest. You looking at the stuff, God, get your mind off of that. I got that covered. Keep your eyes on me. I take care of the greater problem, but we won't let ourselves come up out of our closed places because of fear, fear of what somebody's going to say or do or, or, or fear that I don't sound like they sound or uh, I don't know. If you say the same thing over and over and over again, we'll be hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's why we write out the prayer. They learn how to write petitions because that's what God taught me. And all it was is to look in the Bible, find a prayer that fits the situation, and personalize it. And you have to read it until it becomes to your memory. And then after it becomes your memory, you can just recite it. Amen. Stop sitting up worrying and fretting over, over stuff that don't matter. <laughs> Keep your focus on where it really needs to be because God is trying to pull us out, pull us out of, uh, 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 of the drowning waters and the sinking sand that we in because we've been listening to man's voice and not listening to God's voice. Let me tell you, let me tell you wives, if you trust God more than you trust that man, God will show himself strong in your life. There is a time 
there is a time, there is a time you don't use them as your barometer. You use God. God built them, created them just like he created you. Oh, you need to keep your eyes and focus on the prize. He says, nobody has given up anything or anyone that I don't give it back to them a hundredfold. You don't forsake your life with Christ. And guess what? You know when it happens? Just at the moment that you're growing and getting deep in the Lord. Let me tell you, single women that I know, they, they've had some bad relationship. They come out and I don't counsel and minister with them. And now they are rooted and grounded in the word. And they come into church and they're powerful and they're doing everything. And then all of a sudden, a man shows up. Oh, pastor, I know he's the one. Oh, you just don't, you, oh, yeah, right, uh-huh. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, you don't know. I know this is a smoke screen to get you off course. How come it didn't happen before? It only happens just when you have made your commitment. I'm going to live for you, God, no one else. And Satan said, yeah, watch, okay? Let me tell you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And you will know that it's good and perfect because it will line up with what God has for your life. If he don't line up, if he ain't coming with you and he ain't rooted and grounded and he ain't into prayer and he ain't doing all the things that you're doing, that is not the perfect gift. And wives, if you're not lining up with thus says the Lord, you line up with thus says the Lord and take them to the prayer closet, but do what God tells you to do. Do not let people who are not in line with God order and direct your steps. Amen. I am talking through experience. That's why I'm so adamant about it. I know what God will do. I know what God can do. And all you got to do is to pray this word over him according to what the word says. Do what God tells you to do. Stand, stand, therefore, and watch what God will do. But when we put people, even you who put your children before the Lord, you don't put nobody before God. When you put your children after God and, and give them to God, you will see the difference. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. My youngest was the greatest challenge in my life, my youngest child. And I had to give her to the Lord. And I said, God, do anything you want, but just don't kill her. And give me the courage to withstand whatever you do. Amen. Every one of my family members, I gave them to God. And I told him, I ain't moving, I ain't changing, I'm sticking with you, Lord. If I end up by myself on welfare, I'm sticking with you. I'm going to do what it takes to be with you. Guess what? He gave me them all back better than they were. Amen? And the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren are coming up because the same stuff I was teaching and saying to them, I'm... I'm giving it to them, too, and I get on the parents' cases when I don't think you're doing what you be doing and raising your children. Okay, I start melting. None of that was in my notes, y'all. Now I'm so off, I don't even know what I'm doing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We look for supernatural miracles, 
You know what the greatest miracle is? Is that you're saved and you're still breathing. And then the other miracle is that you know how to pray and humbly submit yourself to the Lord. That's the greatest miracle, to be able to pray to the Lord and then watch him do the work in our lives. We want him to fix everything quickly and just bless us continuously with stuff and with people. And that's not gonna be the answer because Matthew tells us that all that stuff is gonna mold, fade away, decay, whatever. But love goes from generation to generation to eternity. And so you gotta love God first so that you can love yourself. Because if you love God like you need to, then you can love yourself. And now, you know how you know that you don't love yourself? The choices that you make. The choices that you make and the people that you surround yourself with should let you know you really don't love you. And you don't, probably don't have know yourself. Let's make God our first choice. I said I was gonna read this, but I'm going to pray and hope that you guys read it yourself because yesterday and today's, it's talking about harmony at home. Amen. Please read yesterday and today. Please. This is an awesome word in here. We have to get our foundation straight before you can build anything else on it. We're always looking for a way out of a situation and like it's going to be better. It can't be any better than what your foundation is. And you come to the plate with it and your foundation is wrong and you're not going to help the other person. So you think because you get rid of one Kushite, you can get another one better? Mm-mm. Learn how to fight the battle with prayer, how to war and on your knees in your prayer closet. And you can pray anytime, all the time. I pray a whole lot of times and make don't even know I'm praying. But the Lord knows, and that's all that matters. You can pray in some situations that people don't even realize you're praying, and they'd be shocked if they found that's what you were doing in the act. I know that just whoo, went right over the heads. But it was for married folks, all you single folks. That wasn't for you. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I want to close today with a healing service. And we need to be healed emotionally and spiritually as well as physically. Some of us need our ears to be open to the spirit of the Lord and come out of traditional religion. Some of us need our emotions healed so we can hear you know, you can't hear the truth because you're so wounded. You know, when Mark 4 talks about the sowers that sow the seed, the one that didn't get it, one of the ones who didn't get it, it was because the, the ground was so hard that nothing can get through it. Well, all of the pain and all of the things you've gone through is what hardened your heart. So now you can't receive. Or you're sitting there trying to pass judgment on it based on old traditional teachings that God is changing because it's because of that that we're in the situation that we're in now. You know, people were not focusing on Jesus, the cross, the blood. They're focusing on naming it and claiming it or just reading, some, telling some Bible stories and people shouting and dancing and hooping and hopping and carrying on over the music. 
Jesus didn't come for that. He came for us to have victory because he says, I've overcome the world, but I'm leaving you with my name and my power to overcome what I have already overcome. Why? Because it's in our minds since we were born in sin. So we have to overcome our thinking in order to overcome what Jesus has already overcome. And it's time for us to step up and do that and make a change because we, everybody is praying, God, when are you going to stop this? When is this going to end? I'm, 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 I'm tired of the mask. I'm tired of being restricted and all of that. So God, when are you going to make the change? And God is saying, I'm waiting for the church to wake up and rise up. Amen. I'm holding back the flood for the church to rise up and be the church of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we have let our own personal situations so overpower us that we can't think about anything outside of that when the whole world is changing before our eyes. And they're trying to change our democracy. They're trying to put us in a position of a communist country. And we're not even in tune to it because we're too concerned about our own little personal problem. And then most of us don't want to believe it because you believe the hype and you don't research and try to find out. We try to keep you abreast with information that's going to benefit you. It is not bias. See, when I was talking before the election, people got the impression that I was, uh, uh, I'm promoting Trump. I wasn't promoting Trump. As, in, as far as I was concerned, I, no person that was running qualified. But I was promoting God's morals. And, and I don't care. I could not, with a good conscience, put people in office whose morals was contradicting God's ways. Do you understand that? God is far more important to me than a party and people. Because the rest, I can put the, my trust in God. You got to trust him, period. Where, where, where are we now? We really got to trust him now. For him to change things to be back the way they need to be and to open up the hearts and minds of men and women who anytime he, uh, Biden uh, confesses to be a, a Catholic and he's talking about uh, it ain't enough prayer. It's, it's time out for prayer. Now we just got to legal, uh, legalize where you don't have weapons. How are you going to tell us about it? it's not enough prayer? Th that's why the Pope's denounced us behind. You tell him he's not a Catholic. If the Pope denounces you, you're in bad shape. We have to be about what God's morals are speaking to us, not about no party, okay? Not about a person, but about what is God saying to our hearts. As believers, as believers, we're supposed to be united to, together in faith. But we are letting opinions, politics, laws divide us. And God is calling for a body. That means we have to be united together as one. So you need emotional healing. You need physical healing. You need spiritual healing. You need encouragement. You need your faith elevated. We're gonna have an altar call. And 
I don't intend, I don't know what God is saying, but it's not my intentions to lay hands on anybody. I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to show up and to touch you where you need to be touched. So if you have a need today, and even if I didn't name it, I want you to stand up. Holy Spirit, we want you to come in like a whirlwind and do what only you can do. And that's to touch every living soul that needs to be touched and changed and marked for Jesus. God, we stand here in need of your help. We need deliverance. We need our eyes and hearts open and our ears open to hear the spirit of the living God. We need to be transferred from the spirit of darkness back into the light of the glorious kingdom of God. Some of us need physical healing. You know what those physical needs are because you said every name must bow to the name of Jesus. So high blood pressure, heart trouble, diabetes, liver problems, optical problems, hearing problems, inflammation from arthritis. Father, we declare for every one of those diseases to bow to the name of Jesus. For by your stripes, we are healed. By your blood on the cross, we have been delivered. We thank you for a new blood transfusion. Go through the arteries, Lord Jesus, and heal and cleanse and clear out, Father. Allow it to flow like it needs to flow, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we need your spirit of reconciliation to overpower couples, Father, to come together in unity and harmony and peace with you, Father, so that they can be in unity and harmony with each other. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I cast out the lying spirit, the spirit of division and separation that has entered into the hearts of your saints that will cause them to divide, to separate for whatever reason. I cast out the fear, spirit of infirmity that is affecting the mindset that we go alone to get along. Hallelujah. I know if we stand for you, you will be with us and you will not let us fall. You will not let us falter. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray for any who have not received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Father, that they will be in today with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, change the minds. The minds has been contaminated with false prophecy, with false doctrine with lies, Father. Change it. Open their minds up to hear what the truth is, the doctrine of Jesus Christ that will tell us how to live kingdom lives and no longer living church lives, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Even for those who are on Zoom, I pray that they will be blessed as well, all in line with whatever has been spoken right now in the name of Jesus. For you have not given us that spirit that causes fear and anxiety, but you've given us your spirit. It is of love. You have empowered us, and you've given us a sound mind. We won't give in 
to the names of Alzheimer's, dementia. We accept that, Father. A believer have a mind of Christ. Teach us how to live, how to eat, so we can keep that mindset going, Father, and no longer be diagnosed with the wrong kind of diagnosis, Father. We accept life in that more abundantly from you, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Holy Ghost. Have your way, Holy Ghost. Touch every living soul. Yeah, bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do the, the benediction. Thank you, Jesus. God, we're so grateful and thankful for your presence, for your healing virtue, for your power, for your faithfulness, your mercies, your justice, your sanctification. Thank you, Jesus. Being the bridge over troubled water. Thank you, Jesus. Being our hope for tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Being our life and it more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus. You are our way out. You are the beginning and the ending. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing us from the crown of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Thank you, Lord, for covering our hearts, giving us new hearts, hearts of flesh. Thank you, Jesus. Blood transfusions. Thank you, Jesus, for removing tumors. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Healing diabetes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Delivering us from cancer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We honor you, Master. You are our Lord, our Savior, our all in all. You are the great I am. And because of you, we now live in wholeness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We glory in your presence, Master. We glory in your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Mm. My prayer of benediction is that as you leave here with a new body, a new mind, a new heart, and a new spirit, that you will go in the name of Jesus and you will tell people how you've been made new today. Hallelujah, Jesus. That you've been born of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You are not the same. You are a new creation in Christ. And you're going to declare it to everybody. The wondrous work he's done in you. So he can continue the work through you. And let everybody know that Jesus lives. He's not in the tomb. He lives. He lives. And because he lives, we live. Hallelujah. Don't be ashamed of your Lord. Tell somebody about him. Hallelujah. We're not going to be secret Christians. Hallelujah. Secret agents. <laughs> Glory. We're free. Delivered. Feel. Had the victory. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The Lord be with you. Always and forever. And forever. And forever.